Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. If we don't understand the work of Christ, not only can our message become laced with behaviorism and legalism, but we can rob the very power of God that heals, delivers, saves, and helps us to live out this Christian life with love towards God and love towards people, which is demonstrated by our actions to reach people far from Jesus by engaging our life into broken humanity while we're still broken people. Can I hear an amen? I wonder if y'all disappeared up there. And so as we're unpacking the gospel of Mark, 16 beautiful chapters, which I won't do today, but throughout the summer, I want us to keep in the back of our mind that the gospel is about God engaging broken humanity by coming as a man, fully God, fully man, in his hypostatic union as he walked this earth. Is that cool? Sweet home. I don't think that would work with Washington. You're right. I still think it would. One more thing to consider before we get started reading and we'll work through the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. I, won't re- I was going to read it all, but I just got too much to say. The good news, please get this, is not just a message for those who do not know Jesus. It is my firm belief that the good news is just as powerful and, and maybe at times more important for me, for you who have said yes. I've said this before, I I will say until my dying day, and I take my last breath, which I thought was going to happen this morning, why I laid in pain at 3.48 a.m. wondering that was not good ahi last night. Have you ever experienced that before? Sweet Jesus, right? Um, I, I will say this, and I hope you understand what I'm saying. If we're not careful, we can evaluate whether I understand the gospel of what Christ has done by this thought. Do I believe that it's all Jesus' work for me up until I say yes to Jesus at the cross, right? You know, get, the, get him to the foot of the cross, brother. Get him to the foot of the cross, you know. And, uh, it's all Jesus drawing me, Jesus wooing me, the Holy Spirit drawing me to Christ, and his love for me is great. His love for me is awesome. And something happens at the cross. I said, yes to Jesus. And, and someone prayed for me, or maybe I was in the bathroom and I got saved. I don't know how you did it. That would be weird. In my car, I don't know. And you say, yes to Jesus. And all of a sudden, if you're not careful, if you ought to understand the fullness of the gospel, that it's good news, we may fall into this that it's all Jesus to the cross, but maybe it's all you afterwards to finish the work. And that subtle change, that subtle change, that one little misunderstanding can change you to a person who doesn't engage the brokenness of humanity because you're still afraid of your own brokenness, because sometimes maybe now God doesn't really love me as much. He loves the person that doesn't know Jesus massively. But you know, Jared, the guy who should know better, maybe not as much.
have to understand that all of what I'm doing in my life is a reflection of my understanding of his vicarious, passionate, unwavering, unmatched, unchanging love for me. Right? So let's read a little bit of the Bible, which is always good. In the beginning, or the beginning of the good news, Mark chapter 1, about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared. I won't have time to go through all this. In the, in the crucial moment of the history of mankind, there was this period of, that theologians will tell us is what is silent period of time between Malachi and this appearing of John the Baptist who is going to uh, declare that God is coming to enter into the brokenness of humanity. Right? And so it's this, this period of time, and all of Israel's waiting, and we don't have time to go into all that. But here comes John, and here he is. Here he comes. The Gospel of John. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of just a few chosen people. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of people who get it right. Behold the Lamb of God who has come into the world to take away the sins of everyone. So here we have Jesus, and he's, and he's here, and he, as we work through, I, I'm, let me point out just a few things. Time keeps on ticking. Okay, a few things. And we'll get into something here very interesting. Verse 10, you have to read it on, uh, just read the whole thing on your own. Verse 10, just as Jesus was coming out of the water, so Jesus has come, behold, he's here, and he's come, and he's been baptized in water. That's a great next right step for people, being baptized in water. Uh, people always ask me, Pastor Jerry, should I get baptized in water? Yes, why? Because Jesus did it. Okay. And so, just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and the Spirit ascending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. That would freak me out. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. My dear friends, do you know how much that's for you and me as well? Now, we can think, man, that's great for Jesus. That's awesome, man. Wow. Or we can feel at times that that's great. God is well pleased with me when I make sure I pay my tithes and I go to church at least three times a month and I, I, you know, I'm living sinless and says no one. And uh, Right? Do you have this sense? And I'll tell you where you can get this sense at, this feeling. That's kind of new age. This sense. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> you can have this awareness is better of God's pleasure for you. And you know where you find that many times? When you realize your brokenness. And when you realize your brokenness, not just by yourself in isolation, trying to work out my stuff, 
But when I'm engaged in community of the church with other believers and I have this brokenness that, that I'm engaging with, with another person, realizing that within that, I can have this sense of awareness of his pleasure for me. That makes sense? And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I am loved with you and I am well pleased. Have you ever blown it before? You know what that means? Some of us who, who are not followers of Jesus are like, How, I don't know, what do you mean? Have you, ever, have you ever done this before, those that are married or want to be married or maybe you don't want to be married, you're enjoying singleness, it's awesome, but you maybe have a friend. Have you ever done something to you, someone you love and you're like, that person's really upset with me? Have you ever done that before? I've never done that in my life. And it's in that moment where you feel like, man, you know, you're blown it. Some, or, or some other thing that you know, because you're a follower of Jesus, God lives in you, you can be aware of sinfulness. It's a whole other topic. It's at those moments of brokenness, of realization of your humanity, do you hear, daughter, I'm well pleased in you. Something to think on as we continue on. We see Jesus doing all kinds of stuff. You know, he goes out to the wilderness. He's tempted by Satan. That's freaky. He, he starts to call people, come follow me. He's calling people, hey, you come follow me. I'm going to create, I'm going to make you, I'm going to form you to, to reach other people. You know what he's saying, church? I'm going to make you fishers of men. You know what he's saying? I'm going to take you and create you and make, make something out of you that you yourself engages brokenness of humanity. I'm going to make you a fisher of person. So he's, all this stuff is going through all of Mark chapter 1, which we do not have time to talk about everything. So he, they, this happens. There's some devils being taken out of people. That was, that's powerful. That'd be freaky, man. All right. He heals his mother-in-law and tells her to get back to work. You're like, what? You know, heals mom. And she immediately begins to serve because you know why? I believe that to be true. Um, we, we, we serve because we are healed. We serve because God has done something in us. Well, I'm not perfect. You never will be. I greet people, I, 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 I serve in kids' ministry, I, I, I do an, I, whatever it is that I put my hand to, to build a, a, a safe harbor, a place for people to come in and be, and be in a safe place and they can, they, they can connect with people. I serve even within my brokenness. Say, so, Jerry, why do you keep on talking about broken? Because we're all broken people. Some of us just, just know how to hide it better. Sometimes it's just being discreet, right? That's okay, you know. But am I engaging with people? That's my question. I keep on going back to that. Two services. Am I going back to that? Do you know the church community is not a religious institution? It's a family. It's not just a place. It's its body. In community is where you get freedom. So he goes through all this and, and, and heals some, uh, 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 a person who has leprosy. Oh, that, oh, my. I can preach on that all day long. The outcast of society. Right? The one that would have to tell you, stay away from me. I'm what? Unclean. 
How would you like to go through your entire life telling people, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, stay away, please. In a way, in essence, you want to protect them, right? Because I don't want you to get what I have. I'm unclean. Could you imagine a generation of people living in places who tell you, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, stay away from me. But my friends, we see that in the church. Don't have time to talk about that today. And sometimes we don't even have to say it. We live with this expression at times, maybe not our face, but in our life that I feel that I am unclean because I did A, B, and C. And if I feel that I'm unclean because I have done A, B, and C, then I don't really realize how God sees me. God sees me as unclean. He doesn't see you as unclean. Let, 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 don't make no mistake. If you get nothing out of this here today, God does not hate sin because you break his rules. He hates sin because sin breaks you. And he loves you with a love that is unwavering and unmatched, unconditional. And his love for you, he, he, he hates sin because it breaks relationships. It breaks families. It breaks society. It breaks cultures. It breaks everything. You want to look, you want to know what the problem in our society is? It's the very thing that God came to destroy. I have glasses so I can see now. So let, as we're moving towards the, the time that God created, this, I want to, can I zero in on just one verse? And I hope this, I can zero in on this one verse, pull it apart in such a way that I can walk out of here going, okay, I can do that. Right? This one verse, the ESV translates it this way, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I love the NIV's translation of it this way because it's a great reminder. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, right in front of our face, right? It's just like the beginning of the good news about the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Can I help us, my friend? The gospel or the good news, is it good to you? Is the sharing of the good news uh, to the world that needs good news, is it being what it's intended to be? The gospel means good news. It's not a message of turn or burn or else. The gospel is not a hammer to get us to conform to a list of do's and don'ts, but it's good news that Jesus lived the life perfectly. You're commanded to live right now. And he died a death that we are condemned to die. The gospel, the good news is about someone who entered into the world that he created. How does that work? Who knows? Messing with your brain. But he came and did what we're commanded to do and die to death that we're commanded to die. But yet he didn't do anything. The sinless Savior, Jesus. I heard someone tell me, uh, to, I just talked to a pastor friend of mine who, who said that, uh, he, or a, a person that, not a pastor, a person who left a, a church. And th this is, this is you know, love, this is great. He, he left the church because this, you know why? I'll, I'll, I have to tell you guys. He left the church to go to another church because he had the audacity to disagree with the pastor. 
Because the pastor said to the congregation a number, of peri- a number of times that Jesus was just like every human being. He was a sinner just like us. Because he was a human, so he sinned. Does that make sense to you, what I just said? Do you know how wrong that is? Because if Jesus committed one sin, one thought, one deed, one action, even if his motivation to be kind to somebody was from a, from a, from a personal gain, from personal motivation, like I'm trying to get something from you. You ever done that before? Oh, only Pastor Ben. Anyways, but you know what I'm talking about? If Jesus, if, if, if there's any sin found in Jesus at all, we're doomed. Right? That's why we don't teach that at campus church. Thank you very much. All right? The gospel is not a hammer to get us to conform. The gospel is the good news that reminds us who we are in Christ, that reminds us what Christ has done, where it reminds us that you're free, baby, uh, and who, for who the Son sets free is free. How free are you? Like, how free? Well, we can't do whatever you want, but you do. Well, I don't do everything I want. Okay, naughty, naughty. You hear what I'm saying? Like, have you ever struggled with any type of like besetting sin before? For us who don't, who don't believe in Jesus, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's fine. You'll be okay. For all the rest of us Christian sinners. Um, have you ever done something that you just like, and you say these words, you say these words. I don't know why I keep on, Paul says in Romans 7, I do the things I don't want to do yet, I do them anyways, right? But I, I, don't, I don't know why I keep on doing A, B, and C. I hate that. No, you don't. You wouldn't do it. Like, I have no desire to open a can of peas and eat a can of peas. You never, today, if we, if we ever hang out and eat food together, the, it's not ever going to happen. I will never open a can of peas and take, I know people that eat them cold like this. <laughs> they open the can and eat them out. No! Why, Jared? I had no desire to do that. Right? So we do the things that we want to do. But that's, not, that's, that's the contrary. That's, help me. And when at those moments, if I don't understand the gospel, I think it's just a bunch of behaviorism. And the very power that helps me transform is my position that God loves me is unwavering. I will struggle. That's why we isolate ourselves and hide and stop going to church. That's why we do that. That's why we get away from groups. That's why we get away from community. Because we're, we, we feel broken, and I'm afraid in, in a place of safety, in good relationships, to be open. Because I'm afraid. And that's the greatest trick of the enemy, to isolate you and destroy you. Right? But the gospel means what? It's a, it means a joyous message. That's what the gospel means. It's good news. It's a joyous message. So the gospel that you believe, is it producing Joy in your life. It's the gospel that we preach. The good news is a joyous proclamation. Hey, freedom's here. I, I was safe to say some of the good news that I've heard, maybe some of the good news I've spoken in the past, maybe some of the good news that I have believed is not joyous. It's created fear. 
Anytime that you're in a place and the, and the gospel is being preached, and let's be careful here. I want to help us with something. When the gospel is being preached, there's this kind of weird thing going on like, you know, uh, grace. Grace is like, you know, just this cover for everything. Well, grace is the freedom of everything. But let me tell you what, true gospel grace is going to reveal and challenge you to transform and be who you are. That's the difference. You're a new person, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're new. I'm new. And the gospel of grace, God's love for us, and what he has done, that message should not produce fear, should not produce insecurity, should not produce a lack of insurance in my position in Christ or his love for me. The gospel, the good news should produce the understanding that God is transforming me. As I walk through brokenness and change and doing things that, that I have to be held accountable at times. And, we, and when you remove that, you destroy the good news. Because truth, being spoken in love, is what transforms. So the truth can be a hammer or it can be this sloppy cover for a behavior that does what destroys people's lives. But truth spoken in love combined sets people free. Right? So the gospel, the news of victory. So as we're going through Mark, 16 chapters, let's keep in the back of my, my mind. The centerpiece of the gospel is this good news of victory in the Old Testament. It's the good news of, of, of that God has died for the sins of the whole world. Paul the Apostle to the church of Galatia, he said it's so great when he says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from man, uh, from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in San Diego, where the sun is always shining. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of God and Father, to whom be the glory uh, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Two people that, 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 that we could talk to about this. Number one, people who, who did, have to understand that you have been rescued. Well, I don't feel rescued. Doesn't change the fact that when you said yes to Jesus, you've been rescued. You, you can't rescue yourself. There's no hope. So the preaching of the good news brings us to a point of the realization that I have to be rescued. I have to be rescued. The preaching of the gospel helps us realize now, depending on what type of background you have, if the gospel has been a hammer to you, you're just like, I'm still a sinner. Yes, 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 we get it. I'm still doing the things in the circular merry-go-round continues on. Freedom comes from understanding that for who the sun sets free is already free indeed. And you're being transformed. The work of transformation is happening. God, the Holy Spirit does live in you. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and go based on your behavior. That would be horrific. Some of you would be in big trouble right now. Like me, right? Like, whoop, there's the Holy Spirit left. Where'd he go? I don't know. How'd you get him back? No one really knows. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. 
It's not based on behavior, okay? Isn't that great? So I've been rescued. I hope for some of you to, to, to lead you to your next right step to realize that, man, I am in an ocean with no help, and I'm not a very good swimmer, and my, my, my life vest just popped. And the closest help is nowhere. That's what the gospel does. It brings us to that point of needing the realization, I need rescuing. Can I hear an Amen. In closing, this is a message that Mark, he brings us. It's the beginning. He, he brings us to this point that says this, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. My dear friends, let's never forget as we're studying through the book of uh, Mark on our summer road trip that this little we, we just pulled over for a break. You know, you ever been on a road trip that seemed like it's going to go forever? Then the rest stop. I just stopped. We pull over. And we have to remember the gospel is not about you. Man, when we start understanding that, because so much preaching and teaching is about you, about you fixing you, helping you, blah, 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 blah. The gospel Ultimately, the good news is about what Jesus, it's about Jesus, it's about God. It's about the one who looked at you. How does it all work, man? I don't know. I'm not that smart. I didn't even graduate high school. All I know is the gospel is about God. And at the appointed time, he stepped into humanity. And God did something about it. The gospel is about Jesus. The gospel is about what Christ has accomplished, not what you have to accomplish. Though we're going to accomplish lots, right? We're going to plant more churches. We're going to feed hungry people. We're going to clothe the naked. Maybe we'll go and build wells for people who need clean water. Maybe we'll go on more mission trips. Maybe we'll just be here and, and campusers will have one more campus and another more campus. And, and like, why do you want to do more? Because we, we have to. There's something on the inside. You ever feel like, man, I just want to do something. Like, I want to do something. Like, like, like God rescued me and I know it and I, I want to do something. I want to be like, huh? I don't know. I just, I see that person. Have you ever seen somebody and like, maybe, maybe before, you're like, I wonder, if I, I wonder if I'm saved. And it's a person or, or, or a people group that you would want nothing to do with. But now something on the inside, there's something on the inside that you want to engage with that person, that sexual orientation, that economic status, something on the inside wants you to cross the road, so to speak. You know where that comes from? From God, the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And if we can learn how to take our eyes off our brokenness long enough and lift up our eyes 
That's where you become more like Jesus. That's where you become more like Jesus. And it's at those moments that I engage in broken humanity because I realize that that's what Jesus did. It's about Jesus. It's about him. What does the gospel mean for those who have said yes to Jesus, number one? Finally got to my notes. For all you point takers, you're like, get to the point, man. We are no longer slaves of sin. We are no longer slaves of sin. Yet we'll sin. Have you ever felt like, man, I'm a slave to this thing? I'm a slave to this thing that keeps on bringing destruction in my life. And the more I just I focus on that but focus, and not focus on the truth of what Christ has done, the more I will have this feeling of being enslaved. But I have to learn how to see myself as Jesus sees me. Righteous, holy. I'm not so holy, man. You know, you know. Yeah, holy is not a state of behavior. Holy is a placement. You're separate. You're already set apart. No longer a slave to sin. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is now working in us. Number two, we have been given new life. Man, I know that's it for someone here today. One of the greatest things we could do, Canvas Church, is eradicate shame from the church. One of the greatest things we can do, if we focus on anything, dropping the level of shame in our churches. Do you know what I'm talking about? All shame is centered on trying to get people to conform into an image that you want. This is what a Christian does. This is what a Christian looks like. Does that dude have, who cares if you got, you who cares if it says stolen scripture on your arm? You still got a tattoo after you're saved. Doesn't make it right. How dare that? We got to learn how to drop shame, friend. See, when I understand the good news is a joyous pronouncement about Jesus. I don't need shame. I don't need to use shame and fear now, I don't need to do it. Number three, we will love God and others and overcome the world. What I understand, the world's been overcome. And how do I move to engage humanity? I remember that he's rescued me. I remember, I never forget. The gospel's about Jesus. And he knows the very place you're at. And this is at the time in most churches we're going to have an altar call. We're going to call salvation for people who don't believe. And that's great. That'll happen. But I'm talking to believers this morning. 
who feel stuck in your brokenness. I feel stuck in my brokenness. Let me pray for us. I can almost feel, without being spooky, shame beginning to just break off people's lives. And when you walk out of this place today, you get in your car or in your very fast street bike that scares me half to death when you drive by me in San Diego. The very thing that is holding you back has, has been, I believe, it has been revealed, and it's, it's shame. And it's my view on how I think God sees me. And it's a fear that if I, if I release like who I was to a group leader or hey, hey, I begin to be honest with my husband or my wife or my brother or my sister or some friend, that, 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 that shame, it's not easy. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. Go ahead and stand to your feet all over this place. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we have like three minutes left. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do I get a perspective of God and his love for me? I believe it's many times, that's why I think we should have all our kids in churches. It's being in the presence of God. And in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of God, we can create places. I want you to leave this place understanding that you're no longer a slave to sin that you're a new person, that you're over God, you have, you're overcoming, even when you don't feel like you are, that shame has been eradicated. You know you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.